Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Live by Live has all of your favorite music, and you can listen for free. Whether you hit play on one of our hundreds of curated music stations or create your own custom artist radio station, you'll find the music you love on Live by Live. Visit livexlive.com or search livexlive in the App Store or Google Play and listen for free now. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. And yes, the Super Bowl is in the rearview mirror, but we never stop this podcast because there's always so many good betting things to talk about. We're presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code PODCAST1 so that you get that awesome 50% sign-up bonus today. We will be talking about betonline.ag a little bit later. He is Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of Professional Football Gambling the Super Contest at the Westgate Casino, at Fezzik Sports on Twitter. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. You can hit me up, Twitter and Instagram are both at Ross Tucker NFL. If you're a Facebook dude, it's facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And we've got new football, Stevie. New football to talk to, which I want to get to with you in a little bit. Pretty darn awesome. The AAF that we've got some new football to gamble on and looking forward to talking about that with you. Let's start, Steve, by bringing in our guy Dave Mason from betonline.ag. You know how much we love betonline.ag and that promo code podcast one where you get the 50% welcome bonus. And Dave, I just was curious. We want to talk a little bit AAF, but uh, I guess the first thing I wanted to dive into with you, and Steve did as well, was just how the, uh, how the Super Bowl shook out for you guys. What were, what were the good things? What were the bad things uh, from a house perspective? And where did people put the most money on? I'm just kind of curious to get the breakdown post-Super Bowl from your side of things. Yeah, I mean, uh, the numbers, I mean, the action was great. It was through the roof. It was the biggest bet game in the history of betonline.ag. And once again, I work on the marketing side of things more so that I'm always a lot more pleased with that. Um, you know, record number of players on the site, et cetera. 
So that was great. But the uh, unfortunately, the uh, the wrong team won the Patriots, the, the, the action. I mean, the, 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 especially that spread action was just so one sided. I think by kickoff is about 69 percent, if I remember correctly, was on the Patriots minus the points. Um, money line was also a winner for the for the public. Not a huge winner that that action came down a little bit, it evened out a little bit, but it was still a winner for the public. We won on the total. Low scoring game was great for the house and uh, props. We did well. We could have done better um we actually graded out both sides of the uh national anthem a winner um so there's a little bit of confusion on our wording so so uh we decided heck heck let's just pay out both sides and that's always one of the biggest bet props so that that stung a little bit yeah that has to that has to hurt what now what how, what goes into the decision of saying we're gonna just pay them both out um well you know, I, I didn't like our wording. Uh, some books use a certain wording. They say, and you know, it goes until the end of the first brave. This controversy started years back. I think Christina Aguilera and Bet Online. We didn't get involved in that controversy because we always put the wording uh, from the, fir- the the clock starts at the start of the first note and ends at the end of the last note. Easy. But the other books had till the end of the brave and then she's christine aguilera sang like a few braves and there's a big controversy then books started putting till the end of the first brave and for some reason our guys put that in this year instead of end first note last note and that just caused a lot of confusion people don't see those kind of notes and and it didn't make sense to me so i was like you know what uh so we we graded the under because she said the brave the first brave she said at a minute 49 and our total was a minute 50 so the under technically covered according to our wording, but you know a lot of people don't read that wording, and it was kind of uh, I, I didn't like how the wording was, so I was like, you know what, let's just let's let's just take it on a chin there and, and grade both sides winner, um, you know, and and it was a six figure loss, you know, but hey. The positive is, again, I'm a marketer, so, you know, a lot of people were talking about it. I mean, it, it got a lot of PR, too. So, you know, that that's the flip side, um, you know. So ne- ne- next year we'll have we'll go back to our old wording and it'll be black and white. Starts at the first note, ends at the end of the last note, period. And I know, Steve, you, you brought that up last week. Yeah, because you've got an anthem where after she sings – the first brave, it's at 149, and by the time you get done with the second brave, it's at two minutes, and it shows how difficult it is as a sports book to go ahead and get these props right because even if you dot your I's and cross your T's, the customers are still going to be upset because they don't read the fine print. So when in doubt, keep it simple in terms of prop yep. Exactly. Keep it simple, and, and you know, it, that was just – I don't know how that happened. I, I I have no idea because, like I said, we've always been away from that brave controversy because we always had first note to last note, period. That's black and white. Easy peasy. But somehow, it, <laughs> not this year. And, of course, this is the year when it was, oh, my God, right minute 49, like you said, right there, smack there at the total. Do you guys typically, Dave, do better on the um, on the props or on the total on the line? Oh, it depends what side covers. I mean, the, the props are good this year. I mean, that low scoring game, you know, everybody's betting overs. Uh, so on the player props, so the props are great. It was just that one stung a lot uh, that brought our profits down. So it, it depends what side covers. You know, if, if the if the Rams went, cover went outright, then my answer is, oh, that's the spread. <laughs> but 
but no, it, it depends on the Super Bowl. I mean, props are usually a consistent winner. Um, so yeah, that, that's a hard question to answer. Any questions, Steve, on your side of it from the Super Bowl for Dave? I would just think that in terms of the props, think about situations, um, prop bets like will Tom Brady score a touchdown? Will um, Edelman score a touchdown? When no one scores a touchdown except for Sony Michelle, that had to have been a cash cow for you, right, Dave? Oh, absolutely. I'm scooping all that up. Absolutely. Those, those, those are great. Um, and like I said, the over-unders were great. All those, will there be a safety? Will there be this? So, yeah, I mean, it was prop, props were good. It, it really, it would have been a banner day if it wasn't for that national anthem uh, glitch. What about two other questions for you, Dave? One is on the, um, the early stuff for next year. Uh, what do you guys have posted so far? And what are people, you know, do people dive into the you know, props to win, not props, but the uh, the lines Futures, to win the right. Super Bowl already? Yeah, no, people people invest their money. They, there's usually some good uh, value. Um, you know, people betting the, bet the Browns already. I mean, they, they got first bet we took, and it's, it was 40 to 1 on the Browns, and uh, we already have a nice size exposure on them. Their odds keep dropping. Um, and people are definitely pro-Browns next year. But, yep, people invest their money, and then, you know, you got stuff like the NFL draft. We already got some NFL draft stuff, and the combine in another what week and a half or so or whenever to two weeks maybe I, I forget I have to look at the calendar but uh, we'll have some good combine stuff up there too over under on forties and all that good stuff. So I see Dave that or last time I saw it at least the Browns are now up to twenty five to one which is interesting I think that was before Kareem Hunt um, you know close to what the Steelers were at twenty two to one the Eagles at twenty to one you mentioned the Browns were the first bet so far. What other um, what other teams have been heavily bet so far? Um, as far as bet count is concerned, it, it's it's amongst the favorites: the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, Patriots are taking on bets. But as far as exposures are concerned, the Browns by far and far and away. Browns, Colts, Colts. We have a decent exposure on the Colts. Uh, Browns and Colts are our biggest exposure, but the bet count: Chiefs and Rams are our biggest bet count. And Bears as well. Bears are getting some bets. So Steve always uh, doesn't recommend people. I know this isn't what you want to hear, Dave, because you want everybody listening <laughs> to bet all this stuff. But right. Steve always doesn't recommend sort of taking the Patriots at 6-1, to the Chiefs 7-1, to whatever, because usually he feels like there's more value in just betting the season win total numbers. I have to imagine on, on the Super Bowl odds, the futures, that you guys probably end up doing – really well on that right because only only one of them ends up actually winning it yeah no uh futures are great we love future for so many different reasons i mean it, you know, like you said uh, only one team wins and you're taking all that action all year um there's a good household on it um it's not like a spread bet where the household is smaller uh the household's going to be a little bit bigger on these futures you know once in a while you'll get walloped uh, if these if these one of these long shots come in uh you know people are always betting the long shots um you know the Vegas Knights a couple years ago that that's that's a or last year that was a a great example of how you can really be exposed on some long shots um, but, but, you know, if his favorites are shown, we, we were in a great position last weekend. I mean, it didn't matter which side we won. Our futures was going to be a big winner. Of course, we won the Rams and more. It would have been, the winner would have been a twice as big as the Patriots, but both sides are still good winners for us. Any questions, Steve? And you and I can get into the, 
the odds for the Super Bowl uh, a little bit later in the AF. But any questions for Dave on that, on, on the future stuff, Steve? More an observation than a question. I think what happens with these futures is I hate to discourage them completely because the first person that gets at it and bets the Browns at 41 or in the Super Bowl, they bet um, Donald to win the MVP at 75 to one. They have value. But then what happens is that the followers start to do their research and they don't realize they think they're like ahead of the curve, but they're really so far behind that by the time you're looking at the Browns at 25 to one or Donald, which closed like 20 to one because someone had made respected guys had made recommendations to play him as the MVP. Those are just ludicrously bad. I would love to risk $25 to win a dollar that the Browns are not going to be able to win the Super Bowl. So it's so few and far between that these futures are good. It's not to say they're all bad, but basically what happens at a bet online, they put up their numbers early and they get hit with one or two sharp advantage play bets on the Colts or the Browns. And then it's just earn, earn, earn after that, after they adjust the first number. Would you agree with that, Dave? No, absolutely. And it's not only the sharp money, but, um, you know, public money moves a lot moves these odds a lot as well you know whereas public money is not going to move a spread that much or a total or a regular game line um we know the sharp money is going to move those odds nine times out of ten you know if there's there's a big but like if there's a big public team the odds will move because that that red number gets big fast you know people are all betting you know we take so many dang bets from that's why the giants i mean you know they're, they're 40 to one now they should probably be higher um it, but it's, you know, there's so much money coming from New York and not sharp money, but a lot of public money that that red number on 40 to one gets so high. It's like eh, you got to you got to pay more risk management attention to it, even if it is public money. So that 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 the value can shrink on those kind of public teams as well, as well as sharp bets. What about, Dave, the AAF? I wanted to get into um the AAF a little bit with you and you guys had odds a week ago on Thursday even before the AAF started the odds to win the AAF championship who is the guy at betonline.ag that went through those (laughs) rosters or whatever he did to set odds on the AAF championship man you know a couple of us were looking at it and just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, what are we doing here? And, and uh, you know, just one of our guys put his nose to the grindstone. And he came up with them. Um, I, I don't know. He asked me for my thoughts, and I was like, dude, I, I really can't help you on that. <laughs> you want to talk? You need help with the NFL draft? Come and get me. You need help on this? Uh, don't don't even bother calling. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, man, there's a lot of excitement around it. It's a lot of. I didn't even watch the games, but I saw some highlights. I was like, whoa, this looks pretty cool. So I'm gonna tune in this weekend. But people were betting it, man. People were asking me on Twitter, "When are you gonna have these odds?" And I was like, oh, well, guys, you know. There's there's an appetite here, so we got to get some good stuff up. Well, that was going to be my question is, how many people bet the AAF the first weekend, and do you anticipate that going up? Um, Shoot, going up? I, I don't know. I mean, the action was decent. It was like a what, – what, what can I compare it to? Uh, like, like a normal – college basketball game you know not one of those big games like last night but a kind of a middle of the road basketball college basketball game which is a lot more than i expected you know it's more than cfl gets or arena gets um 
uh, will it go up? I, I, I don't know that, you know, will, will the, you know, will the honeymoon wear off quickly? Um, kind of like the XFL their first year, uh, years back when everybody's all excited and it just kind of went, fell by the wayside. We'll, we'll see. That's going to be definitely interesting to keep an eye on. I'm optimistic, but who knows? Any thoughts, Steve, for Dave on, on the AAF before we let him go? Well, I would just comment as a better that it certainly would help the league's popularity to have these lines come up like the NFL earlier, and I get it. No one wants to stick their neck out because it's anyone's guess what these lines really should be. But when I'm looking at the screen on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and no one has any lines up, and even on a Friday and only a third of the books have that, I would think the AAF, if they want to succeed, they should be calling every sports book in the world to try to get some numbers up, even if they have micro limits. Because I can tell you this, in my opinion, the reason arena football is dead and nobody watches it is because no one, well, I say no one, almost no one puts lines up on arena football. And that kills the gamblers who would have interest on it. If they can't even bet on it, they don't watch it. So I think it's critical to the success of the league that they get these lines up at all the different books. I, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, it just just on Twitter last week, you know, it, there was just such an appetite for it. I, I was surprised, but you know, and now now that gambling's uh, in the forefront more and more, that I, I definitely agree. And um, you know, and so put odds up and then let them bet it. And then the limits, they're, they're not high. It's not like we're doing limits like NFL or NCAA, you know, we're keeping the limits low just to, as this is a feel out process, 250 bucks, they get raised 500 bucks day of the game and you can rebet it every 61 seconds. So, you know, it, it's more about a feeling out process now, but you're right. I mean, if gambling is promoted and, and, uh, people are talking about it, then that's going to, you know, add to the success of the league without a shadow of a doubt. Dave, always appreciate the time and always highly encourage our listeners to go to betonline.ag, use that promo code PODCAST1. Those are our guys. Dave is our guy. Thanks so much, Dave. All right, fellas. Thank you very much. Steve, while we're on that topic, before we move on, uh, what did you think of the AAF? I guess first, I know you were tweeting some thoughts on betting the AAF. So just talk to us, you know, us amateurs on betting a league like that where you don't have a lot of information and sort of the, the pros and cons of it. Well, let's talk about line moves in a virgin league where no one has any idea really how good that the teams are and Normally, when you see a big line move in an established league like the NFL, I'm almost always going to fade that line move or pass the game. Example, oh, Pittsburgh's laying four against Cleveland, and, for, and Pittsburgh goes up to a seven-point favorite. If you ask me, who do you like in this game, Steve? I'm almost always going to say, hey, I like Cleveland plus seven or lean Cleveland plus seven. I'm almost never going to say, hey, I like Pittsburgh minus seven, even though it opened minus four, because so much value got sucked out of that game. Now, that's not the case in a virgin league like this one. Example, Orlando plays Atlanta. The line opens Atlanta minus four. It goes up to, I'm sorry, it opens Orlando minus four. It goes up to Orlando minus seven. And the real line probably should have been Orlando minus 12. So... Losing three points of value is no big deal when the line is completely wrong, as it often can be in situations like this. 
as far as totals, I would say that the AAF promoted all these rules changes and how they expected to have a high-scoring league. But I think a lot of that was fool's gold in terms of think about how difficult it is to have an offense that can consistently move the ball when you've got limited practice time. Even NFL teams, weeks one and two, that historically has been lower scoring, and that's just with a limited training camp. But these guys, most of them, a lot of them have played together year after year, so brand-new squads come in. We saw that with the XFL back in 2001. Teams struggled to score, and I wasn't surprised that with the AAF, we saw three of the four games go under, and many of the teams just being unable to move the ball at all. So uh, what do you think about betting it? Like what bets did you make last weekend and what bets will you be making moving forward? Well, I bet all the games under, so I wound up going three and one on my under bets. As far as going forward, Ross, I got to tell you, you know, one weakness of the league, it's extremely difficult just to even find box scores on these games. So you go to the AAF website and I don't I haven't been able to find box scores I'm piecing it together you know going team by team by the stats and I can't understand if they're not going to have box scores readily available that I can just pull up I'm going to lose interest really fast because it's going to be too labor intensive for me to even bother you know with this league so just the basics of providing that information I I don't get it I don't know why that isn't prominently featured like it is with the um, with frankly any league to um, to have a box score in a game. Yeah, I, I don't understand that either. I, I I wasn't really sure what the deal was there. I haven't been able to see find those either. And if it's I weird. can't get that information readily available quickly, I mean, how the heck can I bet on a game if I can't go back and look at the play by plays and the stats on the week one action? Um, and like I said, you know, I'm there's a lot of things that I can bet on and do research on. And if I can't do proper research on the league and there's not enough places putting up point spreads, uh, it's going to lose my betting interest rather quickly. I'm with you. What are you thinking though for, for next weekend? That being said, who are you betting on next weekend or are you not betting? I I'm not betting yet. I haven't been able to go through the, the stats and I don't even have any point spreads that I'm looking at to bet. I will say this. It's possible with the home teams going 4-0 straight up and against the spread. I think this 35-second play clock, Ross, probably is helping the home field more than we expect. And let's face it, we only see stadiums a third full, and there's a lot of talk about the home field wouldn't be worth very much in this league. However, think about it on offense. If you're rushed to have to get the the, uh, snap off with the 35-second clock, and I'm sure you can appreciate this, as a former offensive lineman, um, you got any kind of crowd noise or any kind of um, um, new environment, that's going to create havoc, right, with your offense. Much easier to do that in the home environment. Would you agree? Uh, yes, I would agree. And It's funny because I saw somebody on Twitter say they were betting the overs for these games just because they realized or they thought that the league realizes, hey, we want people to watch. We want people to be entertained we got to have points. That's obviously not what happened. I do love talking to you, though, Steve, about the rules at times. And I'm curious if any of the rules, you know, no kickoffs, no extra points, the onside kick, you know, being a fourth and 12 from the 28, do, would any of the – like if the NFL implemented all those rules, no extra points, 
and no kickoffs and the onside kick, would that, in your mind, have an immediate impact on the season win totals? Well, it wouldn't impact the season win totals, but I do think it would improve the game. I think the kickoffs are largely unnecessary. I love the onside kick rules. Since you can't have kickoffs, there are no onside kicks, but in the final five minutes, like you said, you can choose to retain possession of the ball. You get the ball in your own 28, and it's fourth and 12. How exciting is that instead of a crummy onside kick where some uh, kicker goes ahead and knocks it out of bounds and the game's over? Now you have a legitimate chance on a fourth and 12 to retain the ball, and that would be a tremendous enhancement to the game. I love the 35-second clock instead of the 40-second clock. More plays creates um, a faster game, so that's really good. I think the mistake that the um, AAF made is that they thought that that 35-second clock was going to really promote more scoring. All it really does is promote more plays. If you rush the offense, it might arguably even hurt the offense, certainly in terms of efficiency. The no-blitz rule in the AAF is good to keep the defenses from, cr- from just crushing the offenses early in the year, but there weren't enough rules changes to promote higher scoring. They really need to do something else if they want to have a higher scoring league. But the NFL really should go ahead and seriously consider the rules change that the AAF did with the uh, onside kicks with that fourth and 12. I think that's brilliant. I agree. I liked all their rules. I, I really, I thought all their rules were great. And I'm sure the NFL will at least consider some of them. And that's as big a value of this league as any. I know you don't love the you know, the future Super Bowl odds, but I do want to go over those with you, Steve, next week and just see the ones that at first glance we agree or disagree with, right? So that doesn't mean, hey, we should, you know, we're recommending people to bet on them because we obviously, we don't usually recommend that because of what you've taught us over the years in terms of the odds. But it would be interesting to go back and say, well, this team's higher than I thought they'd be. This team's lower. It's interesting that they have this team last. Like last I checked, the Cardinals, Dolphins, Jets, and Raiders were all had the four worst odds, 100 to 1, so to win the Super Bowl. So we can dive into that next week because there's been a bunch of people that have taken advantage of different sponsors over at RossTucker.com or They've gone ahead and gone to betonline.ag, used the promo code PODCAST1. You do any of that stuff, forward me your email question for Steve, ross at rosstucker.com, because we love to get to them. This one comes to us, Steve, from Bob in Boise, Idaho. Great podcast, guys. Seems like a, it seems like Bob's question is a similar question that we get a lot. It feels very similar to last week, but I don't think it's not the same one. I've listened to every Even Money podcast this season and noticed that when you do a teaser bet, you always tease the favorite down to minus one or minus two. Do you ever tease the underdog up to plus eight or nine? Also, what are your thoughts on a two-team six-point teaser for the Super Bowl? The Patriots would have been plus four, and the Rams plus eight. Thanks, Bob in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, really good question. I do tease the plus twos up to plus eights. It's all about getting that corridor of three through seven. NFL teams so often win by exactly three or by seven that if you can tease a minus eight down to minus two 
or plus two up to plus eight. That's what's called a basic strategy advantage teasers. And when I say minus eight, it could be minus seven and a half or minus eight and a half as well. And on the underdog, that plus two can be plus one and a half, plus two and a half. As far as Super Bowl teasers, uh, no good because you got to tease a total. I think um, that 13 to three final pretty much shows why you don't tease totals because there's just no advantage there. Would have been fine to tease the Rams in a basic strategy teaser up from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. And then you can send Greg the leg, the bill for blowing your teaser, I guess. But um, I, I hate to say never, but almost never will I tease a total and certainly won't tease any college football. So the NFL, the only time I ever tease is when I can get through that corridor of three through seven points. I love it. We've got some more good email questions coming up, Steve, in the next couple of weeks. People want to make sure they're listening to us every week here on the Even Money Podcast for those awesome email questions because they're great. And next week, we might have some other surprises in store for you in terms of guests and more. But we definitely, I mean definitely, want to be able to talk about the Super Bowl odds for your team and all of the teams next week on the Even Money Podcast. You guys know the deal. Fantasy Feast already posted with Warren Sharp, who we've had on the Even Money Podcast before. You should listen to that, the Fantasy Feast this week. College Draft, we had Dane Brugler on talking about Kyler Murray and more for those of you that like to bet on the draft like Dave Mason talked about. So busy, busy Tuesday here on the RT Media family of podcasts, all available at RossTucker.com. Good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found. Angie's List is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years, only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot HTM.